Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Well, today we have a very special guest and somebody who I have known for many years, Colleen Audegard. How are you today? Hi, Lori. I'm doing great. It's so good to see you. I've loved working with you over the years, and usually I was interviewing you, and now the team has turned. So this is interesting. Yes, it is. So Colleen, you and I know each other from Charlotte today from years gone by. I would get on the set and you would interview me because you were on their show for many, many years, opening in the Charlotte market um, and surrounding areas talking about, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the Today Show in Charlotte. And um, and since then you've moved on. So I want to hear about that. But so Colleen is an Emmy award-winning broadcast journalist and TV host, certified life coach, video and media coach, and the host of Wake Up Your Life podcast. So I thought it would be fun to bring another podcaster on who's really doing some incredible work with people. And I want to hear all about what you're doing. So you coach people on how to wake up to their lives. What was your personal experience with waking up to yours and what inspired you to start doing this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm still in the process of awakening. I think that we do that until the day we drop dead, really. If we're living with any kind of intentionality, hopefully we are always growing and we are always waking up. But for me, the whole thing was, you know, I had this life that looked good on paper, you know, that life that maybe looked good on social media or looked good on paper. I had all the elements, all the makings of a happy life, yet I didn't feel like I was happy all the time. I mean, no one is happy all the time, but I felt like something was missing. And it was sort of, my career felt stale. It looked glamorous, but it felt stale. It was kind of like doing this, going through the motions every day looked much the same. And I thought, what do I want more of? I never even asked myself that question. What is it that I want to create? What is it that I want to do, have, experience? What's holding me back? Me, was my thinking was holding me back. And that is hmm. the case for so many people, you know, that that everything we want is on the other side of a brave decision. You know, it's a matter of like stepping up to the plate and trying some stuff. And so that was sort of the waking up process for me. Like, you know what? There's got to be more to this life than what I'm existing on day to day. Right. What happened if I tried? What would happen if I started asking myself those questions? So that's what I did and totally changed my life. And it's changed in many ways. Um, but um, and that's what I do for my clients. So did you go and get a, a did you do one of those courses on coaching? What is your background? I did. I went to the Life Purpose Institute and got certified okay. as a life coach and okay. had practice clients and did all the things that you do when you go through a coaching program. And I loved it. And I I just love this work. I believe in it because I see the real transformation that happens for people, as I'm sure you do with your clients. Oh, yeah, I'm completely 100%. So are the people that you're working with, um, what, what's sort of the general people that, that work with you and hire you? Mm-hmm. As of late, it's been a lot of single women, I think, because okay. I am now a single person myself. Um, yeah. So I don't know why that is, but they seem to be 
coming in, uh, but it really runs the gamut. It can be somebody who just wants to improve their relationships, who's looking, who's looking to have more confidence, who's making a career change, but their fear of failing is getting in the way. Okay. So you run through exercises to help them stop being fearful of their lives and sort of push through that wall, get to the other side, what you've gone through. Yeah. Identify what their goals are. What is it Mm -hmm. they even want and coming up with an action plan to help them get there. Okay. Wonderful. And you and I spoke right after your separation. I know it's public, so I'm not bringing out anything that you, you know, that you haven't come out with yourself on your own podcast. Um, So I remember you called me when you were first getting separated. And since you and I had had the special relationship of just sort of talking on camera, off camera about, you know, matchmaker to TV host, you know, what do single women do, men do when they're out there and kind of laughing a little bit and um, shedding a tear sometimes about, you know, how difficult it is out there. And then you find yourself in that situation. So what has, what, what happened and, you know, sort of fill us in. I was with my husband for 23 years. We were married 21 years. And uh, in April, 2021, 2020, yes, um, it, it ended. He said he no longer wanted to be in the marriage and that he wanted a divorce. And I, I never thought I would be a divorced person. Never mm-hmm. thought I would be a divorced person. And so I, I, to be very transparent and, mm-hmm. and honest with you and your listeners, I didn't know if I could survive it. And I, I, that may sound dramatic. You know, obviously I'm much more healed now and I go, okay, my life with him is over. My life isn't over, you know, but it was, it rocked my world. It was like everything I knew. And I was so proud of my family more than anything, more than my career. Mm-hmm. I was proud of my family. Yeah. And to have the family look so different was just like more that I could take. It was, I, I, I didn't know how to go on without my family unit intact. Mm-hmm. And so it was very troubling. And now I've forgotten the question you asked me. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm curious and I'm sure that it crosses everyone's mind. You're in this long-term relationship. Was this a surprise to you when he said so, he no longer wanted to be in the marriage or? Um, yeah. And yes and no, we had been the last two to three, four years of our marriage were very difficult. I mean, we were not getting along. We were fighting. We right. couldn't seem to get on the same page about anything. So I knew that there was trouble right. and that neither one of us was particularly happy, mm-hmm. but I didn't think that would happen. So it did come as a shock when it was like, I'm, I'm out. That did come as a shock to me very much. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Was there like a straw that broke the camel's back for him? I don't know. We'd have to ask him. Yeah. Okay. So that no, didn't really no, come I out. It was just that, no, no. I, okay. you know, I think that Lori, you know how this happens when people split up, especially couples who you don't think are going to split up. And and I went through a lot of that, a lot of shame after we split because people say like, I people who knew our family or knew right. us, and even our close friends right, were shocked. Like what? You guys seem yeah. so happy with each other and, and yeah. we many, many happy years. I, yeah. And, we had many happy years until we didn't. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I think that when people were so shocked and I carried the shame about that. Um, but I think we just, people want to hear like, oh, this happened. There was another person or they want to be able to pin it on something. Right. And I would just say it was kind of 
dissolving over time because we weren't intentional okay. years with, with nurturing our marriage. And I think right. we both held grudges about things and, and just chose to never let them go. You yeah. know, I, I can look back and see the mistakes that I made. Um, not just the mistakes he made for a while. I was only fixated on the mistakes he made and I couldn't own right. Um, but I have looked at it now and gone, you know what? I, I didn't always do things in the best way possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the reason I ask the question certainly isn't to like point a finger or anything like that. I just always wonder like, what is that final moment where somebody just says, I'm, I'm done, I'm out, even when they've been working on it for so long. And I'll ask people that question when they come to me and they, and sometimes they don't know. And then sometimes they do. And it's often something really small, just something that's just more of the same and they they're just exhausted. And then they're just, they're done. I, I would say that's it. Yeah. That yeah. that was what it wasn't one thing. It was yeah. just, gosh, like I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of the tension. I'm tired. Like, yeah, let's call it. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then if, if people can learn from it, that's when they can really move on. And it sounds like that's what you've done. You've taken responsibility and you're, and hopefully he has too, and you've learned from it so that the next relationship you're in, and I'm, and I'd love to hear if you're, you're in one now or not, um, later on, you know, that you can kind of learn from it, but each relationship is fresh and new. So it's hard sometimes not to take that, that baggage into the next relationship. And I assume, and she has a big smile on her face right now, for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube, um, like what have you taken away from your experience? You're so right, Lori, about hard not to take the baggage in, but that's the work that people have to do. That's right. That's the work. Yeah. That's the work that I have committed to for the mm -hmm. past year and a half so that I don't make the same mistakes. And so yeah. that I'm a better partner. Yeah. I, I really want to be a great partner. So I've had to look at, you know what? I have some anxious attachment issues. Hmm, yeah. that's interesting. Let's deal with that. Hey, I can be emotionally reactive. I don't always regulate my emotions. Yeah. So, also not healthy. Like you have, I think that I did that, you know, to him. I, if I mm -hmm. was upset about something, I needed him to, to make me feel better. It's like, that mm. wasn't his job. It was my job to make myself feel better. Mm. You know? And having to step up and be a grown up has been really hard, but I, I'm much better at doing that now. I'm much better at doing that. You know, if I get triggered, I was like ready to do battle. You know, I was ready yeah. to, you know, you always, da, 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 da. well, that sucks. No one wants to be talked to like that or hear that. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm talking about myself. I won't, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but, but this is the way I've taken responsibility for myself. So my, it is my intention and my hope that in another relationship, I will be so much different. I'm very attuned to how I speak, choice mm -hmm. of words, tone of voice, expression on my face, all of those things. Right. You know, and I'm usually like that with other people. I just wasn't like that with my husband. Mm, I know because we, we take our husbands for granted, many oh. people. And you know that's what spouses do. And I think that sometimes they become complacent and they stop working and that it is easier almost to fight and be kind of in that mindset, then say, okay, how am I being right now is sometimes I'll look at myself and say, would I like to be spoken to in this manner? And I'll just like stop and then switch gears or take a time out 
I think it's important. I mean, nobody is perfect. You're right. All we can do is continue to work on ourselves and try to be better humans. That's it. That's all we got. I love that you stop and ask yourself that question. It's a great question to say, yeah. what I, how would I feel if someone were speaking to me like this? Ooh, yeah. you know, and it makes you change your behavior. Yeah, it does. I mean, recently, just to share, you know, my, my dad recently passed away and I have been really sad and sitting in a lot of grief. And I was, I have been grumpy and I stopped myself the other night and I looked at my husband, I started to cry and I said, I am so sorry. I have been really grumpy lately and I apologize. And he looked at me and he smiled and he gave me a hug and he's like, it's okay. You're allowed to be grumpy. And, and it just washed everything away. But I realized I don't want to be the kind of person that's snappy and snarly and all that kind of stuff. And there's no excuse for it. You know, if we can just pause and just talk less and be more intentional about what we say, I think the world would be definitely a better place. I'm sorry about your father, Lori. You. you just said, if we could pause, I tell people the pause is where the magic is. Mm -hmm. You can pause before you, before you say a bunch of crap that you're going to yeah. regret later. Yep. Just taking that beat gives you the right, the moment to recognize that you have choice. Yeah. You know, we're very quick to, you know, and I idle high. I mean, I'm an idle high kind of gal, you know, so I was very mm -hmm. quick to, you know, spit stuff out before I'd even thought about it. So I've learned to slow down, yeah. pause and think about how do I want to react in this? Because you don't want to do further damage in your relationship. Mm -mm. I, my divorce has taught me, like, I care about people's relationships so much. My mm -hmm. divorce makes me not want anyone else to have to go through this because it's yeah. so sucky, awful in every way. It, it, it's terrible. And yeah. so I don't, I want people to fight for their marriages. I mean, if you've yeah. got to call it, you have to call it. And I understand mm -hmm. that And yeah. certainly in cases of abuse or uh, absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. But a lot of, I want people to try to work on it and, and before they reach the point of contempt for each other, because then it's too late. <laughs> it is, it is too late at that point. You're right. And that's when they come to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We that's need right. to pass the baton. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So what like is, okay. So you've done all this work on yourself. Tell, tell me, have you been dating? How are you meeting people? How's it going? Yeah. So, um, I am not on dating apps. Okay. I, I drunk bumbled for five hours. So <laughs> it was like, it was a Saturday night. I was home alone, had three glasses of wine. I was like, it just sucks. I hate this. So I'm like, let me see what the bumble's about. So I put the app on my phone. Right. And it, it's like upload photos. I was like, damn, yo, I got photos for days. Up, I'm uploading photos and I'm phone, and I don't write a word about myself. I put my name, my age, photos. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, what did I do? Oh God, why would I do I'm not ready for this? And so I del I, I opened up the app and I had all this activity. I um I don't, I didn't even understand how the thing worked, right? Were you swiping the night before? Yes. And okay. I don't think I even realized left or right, which was which. And oh, um, that's funny. Uh, I like screwed up the whole thing. So anyway, I deleted the app without even looking at who, who might've responded or, okay. or I deleted it. Well, then there were a couple of people who recognized me from my time on television in Charlotte. 
where yeah. I live. And so then they messaged me on, uh, DM'd me on Instagram and Facebook. I was like, I wasn't ready for that. That was premature. That was drunk, lonely, bumbling for five hours. I made a mistake. So no, I am not on any of that. I meet people out in the wild organically. And okay. So how, how does that differ? Meeting through friends versus out of the wild? I'd prefer to meet through friends. Yeah. You know, that's better to me, but, um, yeah, I guess I just kind of met people out in the wild, really. And and once I've been very public about my split because I have a podcast, as you mentioned, I've yeah. talked about it. So people kind of came out of the woodwork. It was like, oh, I heard you're single. And, you know, I met you this one time that, you know, at something and I would love to take you out. But I got to tell you, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's well, been you're so you're so easy to talk to that I can only imagine any any man going out with you must just sit there mesmerized staring wistfully into your eyes listening to you talk and I mean you could talk to a brick wall so I'm assuming they all walk away thinking that was the best date in the world and you're like yeah he's not for me right <laughs> am I right <laughs> they're like when can we see each other again I'm not, you're like not never gonna not gonna happen but then the hard part is he can't ghost them because you need to keep up your public persona <laughs> <of> being nice <laughs> right Oh, I'm such a sweetheart. Yeah, exactly. Right. Meanwhile, <laughs> well, you're texting your friends. How do I get out of this? <laughs> this guy was a dud. Yeah. Right. But I need to be nice because he follows me on all my socials. Right. So. I don't want him to talk crap about me on, on Instagram. So what's an easy way for you to let somebody go gently? Have you figured it out yet? How to uh, do I, that? You know what? I'm really just very honest. Okay. This just isn't working out, you know, mm. and I'm not feeling this. You're really wonderful. And I'm just not feeling this. And good luck to you just being honest and straight. I think that too many people play around with words. And I, I think yeah. being very clear and direct is very kind and loving. Yes. I actually think that is the more loving thing to do than to ghost somebody or yeah. make up a lie about something. Yeah. But, do you think it's ghosting if it's just one date? No. It's not. No. I mean, to say, I think no. it, it's so strange when people think they need to reach out and say, sorry, it didn't work out. And the, if a guy does that and the woman's like, yeah, it didn't work out for me either, but it wasn't going to say anything. It's I mean, wonderful. back in the old days, right? It's like you go on a date. If you don't hear from them, you don't hear from them again. It's like, okay, that's the answer. So I don't think it's ghosting after one date. I don't either. No. I, okay. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So have you gone on more than five dates with anyone? Yes. And did that turn into a relationship of three months or more? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the magic number. Oh, is it? That I have noticed anecdotally in all my 16 years of being a matchmaker. If I hear that somebody has gone on five dates or more, it turns into something. It doesn't always work out, but it's usually three to six months long. And then, you know, they figure it out. But five dates is a long, it's a, that is a long time to be dating somebody in the beginning for it not to turn into something. Because usually by date two or three, you're like, no, totally it's not going to work. Right. But it that's takes a lot of hours long. That's some time together. It is. Now we're, a, yeah. Yeah. It's like you get fat past all the starting points where it could have been fun and, you know, lively. And then you start getting into some deeper topics and maybe bring up religion or politics and kid stuff or something that's wrong. And then people are like, do I cut bait now? Are there red flags? And then they either let it go or they continue on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or it, you know what? And here's what, here's what I learned, Lori. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one relationship was, I wasn't ready for it. And I thought I was. Okay. And, um, I was, 
we kind of fell head over heels. I've never even talked about this on my podcast. So, okay. um, and it's very cliche. He was somebody, oh God, it's, I don't I hate to even say it, but it was someone I went to high school with. He heard yeah. a podcast I did about getting divorced yeah. and he sends me a message on Facebook, like old people do oh God, yes. and, and said, I just listened to your podcast about your divorce. And mm. oh my gosh, I was crying. I feel this. And I would love to talk with you. I said, of course, here's my number. And he was someone, a, a boy in high school who I went to a dance with and we dated a little bit, but okay. you know, I hadn't talked to him in a million years. So then we reconnect and then it's this boom, like intense yeah. and oh my God, it's so amazing. Yeah. Long distance. Yeah. Right? So that's another thing. He's in California mm -hmm. and I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking back on it now, I think, was it real or was it just, I needed to not feel the pain because the truth mm -hmm. is I was still in so much pain yeah. over the breakup of my marriage and I just, I think I just, I didn't want to feel it anymore. And here was somebody telling me how amazing I was. And I thought, see, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it because it feels mm -hmm. good, but I wasn't, you know? And, and I think there's a lot of wisdom when people say, you know, take time after you split to date. Yeah. There are a lot of people who fall right back into relationship and I'm not knocking it, listener, if you're one of those people, I understand it. Yeah. But I do think there's wisdom and value in spending some time by yourself and really learning, it sounds so hokey, but like falling in love with you, yourself, like being okay, being alone. Like I had to even, I had to learn how to tolerate the lonely evenings by myself yeah. in my quiet house and mm -hmm. not have a drink or buy something online or eat food or mm -hmm. like, like just to sit with it and go, it's okay. I can just sit here and, and be sad. Yeah. So that relationship didn't work out for lots of reasons. I mean, one being long distance, but then it just was, it was too much, too fast. It was like, I think that, that the intensity felt like intimacy and, mm. it was that, you know, it was just intense. Like, oh, you're hot, you're hot, you know, that kind of thing. But also you had that safe feeling of, I knew him when I was in high school and I was even attached to him a little bit in high school. Maybe he was supposed to be the one. And right. so it's like a little bit of fairy tale feeling. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it was like, I know this person. Oh yeah. my God. Well, I knew him a long ass time ago. Like I've been yeah. talking to him in a million years, but it right. did feel safe and comfortable. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. And then I've gone on some dates where I just knew it wasn't going to work out. And and then there was a, a, a someone who I, um, who matchmaker, you probably have some advice on this one. It's yeah. funny because, you know, I can do this for other people, but when it comes to yourself, you know, you, you talk, you tell yourself all kinds of things. Right. There's, there's a guy who I, seen a couple of times and we'd known each other and I really like him. Like he mm -hmm. is, I thought he was great. Um, but he also said, he's not looking for a relationship mm. the day one. And I acted like I was all cool. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not looking for a relationship either. I mean, I'm still grieving my marriage, blah, blah, blah. but the truth is I actually am like, I do want one. Yeah. I, I want a person to, go deeper with and mm -hmm. be my guy. Yeah. I, I do want that. So, you know, when you do that thing in the beginning and you try to act like a normal person and like, you're so cool with whatever. And it became clear to me, like, I'm not, I'm going to get hurt in this. This is not going to end up well for me because the more time we spend together, the more I liked him. Yeah. You know, and um, it's funny because I just had a very real conversation with him right before we started this podcast. So yeah, saying 
I don't think this is going to work. This is, we just said this is going to work, but it was really sad. <laughs> I bummed out about it. Yeah. I don't blame you for being bummed out. And you and I both know that he told you from the get go what he wanted and what he didn't want. Yeah. And I think that a lot of women and probably men too think they can change someone or, oh, well, once he sees my sparkling personality, he'll change his mind and he'll fall in love with me and he'll change all that. But that's not the case. Same goes with people, men saying to women, I don't want to have children. Women think, oh, but if he loves me, he'll have a child. No, he does not want to have children. And if they do end up having kids, the guy is resentful and, you know, oftentimes not a great dad or husband. And then that's what breaks up marriages. Take people at their word. You yeah. know, say that. And yeah, and it, absolutely. Like, don't fall for that. Oh, and, and because then it's even some form of manipulation. Like, even mm. me acting like I was cool with this arrangement, yes. whether it's friends with benefits or whatever, like, we're just yeah. going to hang out. We're not going to define it, but we're going to go out. We're going to make out. We're going to write all that kind of stuff. Right. Which, by the way, it's fun to kiss a new person when you've had been with the same person for a really long time. I will say that part is really fun. That Kissing so comes fun. back in. Huh? That's so fun. Oh my God, it's so fun. But, um, um, you know, acting like I was okay with it right. was a betrayal of myself. And, that's, yeah. You know, and, and kind of a little bit manipulative, you know, on some level. I thought, you know what? I told myself, whatever relationship I'm in, I'm going to be so honest. I'm going to be clear and direct about what it is that I want yeah. and be honest about it. So that's kind of what's happened. And yeah, I told him, I said, you know, he said, yes, like this gets difficult. I said, yeah, it really does get difficult. And I think it's just, I can't yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not to your benefit to do it because it's just now you're getting attached and now it's starting to hurt. I want women to love themselves and men too but this is really for women. I feel this very strongly because to your point, Lori, I mm -hmm. do think a lot of women are, well, you know, like, yeah, he's going to just see how great I am. Mm -hmm. Don't sell yourself short. Do not be somebody's maybe. Don't take the leftovers. Don't take the yeah. crumbs. Don't take that. You're worth more than that. Like you're so special and deserving of love and you have so much love to give. Why would you settle for being somebody's maybe? Somebody who's ambivalent. Somebody yep. who's not putting in the effort that you're putting in. Mm -hmm. Do that, man. Hey, get, get out. Get out. You can find somebody who's going to love you for how amazing you are. And sometimes it's not even about you a lot of, you know, most of the time if somebody's yep. not all in, it's their old, their trip. You have no idea. Maybe they're still talking to their ex-girlfriend or, mm -hmm. ex or maybe they're in debt. Maybe, you know, you have no clue what's going on for them. So that's right. just that's where I see women get very like, what, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't he like me? Nothing's wrong with you. Right. It just doesn't work out sometimes bad timing, whatever it is, but mm -hmm. you just need to be able to love yourself enough mm -hmm. to say, no, like I, I deserve this. I'm okay. Ouch. This hurts. You think I like telling this guy today? Like, yeah. Okay. Well, like, we're not going to do this anymore. No, I don't like it at all. I'm really right. sad about it. I like him. Right. I like him and, and, and wanted to see where it would go. Yeah. No, it's not going to end well for me to do this with a man who says, I don't want to be in a relationship. Okay, Colleen. Like, why are you going after that? Why are you going after that? So, yeah. So this is your one and done of that situation. So now you've had two yeah. really good examples, right? Of what 
what it feels like to get into a relationship with two different situations. We'll call it situationships and to walk away. So next time you hear that, you'll be like, no, pass. I've been there and done that already. It didn't work for me, but you Correct. had to go through it and it's okay. Yeah. Now the hard thing is going to be when you're sitting there lonely at night and he reaches out, how are you doing? Oh, and what are you up to? Or he sends you a picture of him at the beach thinking of you. How do you say, no, I don't want a part of that. You know, that's going to be the tricky part. So I'm going to really encourage you. <laughs> Thank you. Sit. Coach. You're yes. welcome. <laughs> and this is what I do with my online dating clients. Mm -hmm. You know, they hire me for a reason and this is it is, you know, until somebody says, I tell them, you stay online, you continue dating other people until someone says to you, I don't want you online anymore. I, I don't want you dating other, other people. Like I only want to be dating you. And I hope that you feel the same. And let's see if we can really do this. Let's get off all the apps and let's really try to pursue a relationship. I'm into you. That's what everybody wants to hear. That's the right thing to hear. Yes. Not like, oh yeah, I want to keep my options open. I'm not really ready for this, you know, but I'm really enjoying your time. So earlier when you were talking about manipulation, really what, you know, you were manipulating yourself is what you're really saying. In effect, you know, your brain was telling you something and our brains can go in that toilet bowl circle thing, but our hearts and our souls know something else. So yeah. if your brain says to you, oh, well, I'm lonely and this will make me feel better. Like put a little bandaid over the pain, over the grief. Just remember, you're going to have to tear that bandaid off again if you get back into it. Yep. And it hurts worse the second time. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, absolutely. And, and if you do end up going back for a little more pain, <laughs> forgive yourself. It's yeah. okay. You well, know, but yeah. And, be, and I totally agree with you. Like yeah. self-compassion, you know, yeah. I even have to have self-compassion for the me of a couple of weeks ago who was like, yeah, I'm cool with this arrangement. Like that it was what you just said. It was my head was saying one thing, my heart and soul saying something different. Like, yeah, man, actually, is somebody I would like to get to know better. Like, I, he's not just a like a super cute. He was just really great. And yeah. and but knowing that he doesn't want a relationship, you know, I, and knowing that I do, yeah, and acting like I don't, well, that's crazy. So I'm better now at like just sort of knowing what my boundary is and I have yeah. compassion for myself, but knowing like, yeah, cause it's hard out there. It's tough out there. And, yeah. and I, what I hate to see is when people are beating themselves up. That's for, right. Their missteps. It's hold yourself tenderly, mm -hmm. you know, put your hand on your heart and say, okay, yeah, that one didn't work out. I tried, I put myself out there. I'm proud of myself for doing that. And boy, that mm -hmm. wasn't the outcome I wanted. Mm -hmm. Oh, this hurts. And eventually the, the pain, if you allow it, and it's more of a somatic experience too. It's like getting in your body. Where does it hurt? Mm -hmm. Where do you feel it? What does it feel like? Does yeah. it it's a tightness in my chest. It's an empty, hollow feeling in my chest. What does it need right now? Well, maybe it needs some tenderness. Maybe it needs some love. It kind of softens a little bit. So it's not so mm -hmm. like hard in your body, like not immovable. And, it's mm -hmm. and that's how you can keep your heart open. And to folks who are looking for love, who are looking to date again after divorce, or even wanting to improve the current relationship that they're in, you have to keep your heart open. You have to be willing to have vulnerable conversations. You have to be willing to put yourself out there, even at the risk of getting hurt. Yeah, exactly. You need the tools to be able to care for yourself when you are hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. A hundred percent. And you and I, we were aligned completely on our messaging for both of our clients. We both are working exactly on the same exact thing. So um, are you, how, how are you doing with your kids with the, with this situation now? Do you talk to them about your dating? Is that, you know, totally off topic or how do you handle that with them and how open are you? Yeah. Um, not very because no one seems serious enough. I just thought if I really had something serious, I would probably share it with them. My children, Mm -hmm. my younger son is almost 19 years old. My older son is 20. And, um, I just don't talk with them about it. (laughs) Uh, I think the younger one doesn't want to hear about it. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, again, it's been weird. I think it's, you know, they had parents who they thought were really happy together and yeah. they wanted to see their parents stay together. And so to hear that, um, you know, I went on a date is it's weird to them. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's what I'm doing right now. There is no right or wrong. I think, I think it's okay to share your grief with your children and to be vulnerable and to, to show, I mean, they're young adults now, so they can handle it. I know I do that with my kids you know, if, you know, I'm feeling sad, I, I, I let them know. And I think that that allows them to be able to tap into their, cause I have two boys too, to tap into their vulnerabilities, which can sometimes be difficult for, for boys. And so as boy moms, I think we can teach our boys how to do that and also how to receive that so that, you know, when they're with future partners, um, that they're able to hear and be, um, empathetic and, and whatnot. So I think that's important. Mm-hmm. So what, what is next for you? What do you, where do you see yourself going in five years? And, you know, what, do you have big plans? You're writing a book. What are you up to? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing tonight. Lori, so <laughs> I cannot answer the five-year question. I have no idea. You know, and, and here's why I, I hold it the future so loosely yeah. because one thing I've learned is that we like, we just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't think I'd be sitting here, a divorced person mm-hmm. talking to you on a podcast about being single and getting, getting back out there again. Never would have thought that. So yeah. I hold it loosely, right? The future. I, I mm-hmm. am often hopeful and optimistic about it. Yeah. I'm terrified by it. I'm, you know, I, I still struggle a lot. Like, telling this marriage like screwed me up like the divorce screwed me up for a while I mean it really rocked me to the core and so I'm starting now to feel more hopeful mm-hmm. which is great but hope takes work you know hope takes a lot of work you have to actively be hopeful and look for reasons to be hopeful um so so what's next um professionally I'm still going to just keep doing my thing I people have asked if I'm going to write a book I don't know I don't know that I have it in me uh I'll just rather yeah. talk my podcast. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> just talk on my podcast and yep. share with people that way. Uh, but I, I hope that uh, yeah, professionally I'll keep coaching people because I do love the work and and I think that you know even when your life is a mess, like I joke that I'm a life coach with a messy life, and it's true. Doesn't mean I can't help people though. And, yeah. and I think that you know people can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, you can. People are full of shit when you know you see these coaches and they're just like, oh my god, like I'm killing it in my business and my relationship and my health and my fitness goals and everything's great. Like, no, it's not. There's no way it is all the time. There's no, no. way. So I try to be very honest about what I struggle with. Yeah. It's hard for me to show up sometimes. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it is. I have to, I have to do the things that I talk to, you know, the things I talk to my clients about, I have to do that too. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Okay? Like we're all in this together. We're all, you know, let's, let's do this. So that's professionally and personally, God willing, I hope that I do get to fall in love and that it's real love. And, um, and I will keep looking. I will keep looking or putting myself out there. How's that? I'll do that. Well, one thing you haven't done is you haven't filled out a profile on my website. So I would, now that you're divorced, right? please do that. Fill, go to carolinasmatchmaker.com, fill out a profile. And if a nice man hires me that I think would be a good match for you, then you could receive a complimentary introduction. So that would be a good idea. I mean, I feel like I know you well enough, truthfully, that yeah. if somebody came along, that's really decent, I would think, okay, let me call Colleen but I'm not going to think of you unless you're in my system. So that's for all of you listeners out there as well. And, um, and when you and I first talked right after your, your separation, I told you that if you need assistance with your online dating, please let me know. Happy to do it. Even if it's like one hour where I go through everything with you and teach you everything. I know as sort of a woman about town that you may feel uncomfortable being online. I totally get that but you can be on private mode on match.com. Oh, okay. In case you didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then you could read. Online dating is the way to go. And I, and I told my clients, this is when I was still married. I was like, yeah, you should do online dating. And now it's, now I'm faced with it. And I, I don't know. I has, I'm resistant to it. I, I, I resist it. Yeah. I get it. Um, Since you're meeting people organically, then you know, it's fine. But for people out there that aren't meeting people organically, it is really the way to go in in my opinion. So it's really sort of casting that wider net. Uh, You're doing awesome. I'm, I'm, is it okay if I say I'm proud of you? Because I, I, it's really nice to see your journey and you're doing a, a, a amazing work with your podcast and with your life and you're walking through it you know, and I've seen you just turn into a butterfly through all of it. Cause I know how much pain you were sitting in a little over a year ago and you're really, you're, you're just doing great, Colleen. Thank you, Lori. And I take that, or I received that compliment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you saying that. And I'll say it's because I committed to doing the work to heal and yeah. any, for anyone who might be listening, who's going through a divorce or a bad breakup, and it's causing you a lot of pain, just commit to doing the healing work. And nurturing yourself and getting help through a therapist or joining a support group or something like that, but really doing the work to heal and care for yourself because it will serve you so well. Mm -hmm. I'm so committed to not hanging on to hatred and bitterness and resentment. And because I did for a while, that was strong and solid, you know, and and I've worked to let, let that go. I'm not fully there yet. Yeah. I, I joked on a podcast or I didn't joke. I said on a podcast, I'm giving myself five to 10 years to forgive. And people wrote to me and said, five to 10 years. I said, yes, I'm being honest about it. Like I, I'm being honest about it. Like yeah. I little by little, and I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that's okay. So, uh, but I'm committed to doing the work and, um, and helping other people with doing the healing work too. Very good. Well, where can people find you? What are your socials? Uh, Instagram's the best place to connect with me. It's mm-hmm. uh, at Colleen underscore Odegaard, C-O-L-L-E-E-N underscore O-D-E-G-A-A-R-D. And then my podcast is called Wake Up to Your Life. And mm-hmm. my website is ColleenOdegaard.com. So you can find me there. 
Wonderful. I'll put that all in the show notes. And then lastly, do you have a special charity that you're connected to? I do. You'd ask. Yes. Congregations for kids. I serve on the board. It, um, we serve children who are in the foster care system in Charlotte and surrounding communities too. Wonderful. I'll put that in the show notes too. If anyone wants to make a donation in your name, there you go. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm passionate about that. These, these kids need us. And, and I like to think of them as the children, not like yeah. their children or my children or your children, but the children, the children need us who are in these really difficult, vulnerable situations. And um, so there's something that we can all do to help them. Lovely. Thank you so much. It has really, really been a pleasure seeing you again. Oh, you too, Lori. You're the best. You're so awesome. <laughs> what you do. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.